Welcome, Rink Rats, to this Blackhawks Hockey Rinkcast, episode 31, exclusively sponsored by the premium hockey outfitters at puckhockey.com. That's P U C K H C K Y.com. And use that discount code, the rink, to get 10% off of all of your orders. Uh, I think I saw today that the rink was advertising. They have all new swag coming out, too. So get over to that Let's website go. and check them out. Yeah. So today is Wednesday, October 3rd, 2018. The uh, first night of NHL action of uh, this 2018-19 season. I am Jeff Osborne, better known across the interwebs as Gatekeeper. What's up, jerks? Yes, Satan. And I'm joined by my good friend, co-host, and fellow grumpy old guy, Mr. John Jekyll. Hello, sir. Hello there. Hello there. And also, we are joined by our Rockford correspondent, our Rockford beat writer, Mr. Mario Terabasi. Hello, sir. What's going on, guys? What's going on? Ding, 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 ding. (laughs) (laughs) And together, we are your most trusted sources at your favorite hockey online hangout, the-rink.com. And that's us. So uh, let's get right into it, guys. I mean, uh, here we are. Uh, first games are going on. Uh, looks like the uh, Capitals are up two to nothing, like a minute into the fir- into their first game. So uh, <laughs> yeah, no cup hangover. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I, I think I think it was one to one in the other game that's going on right now. If I saw correctly, is that uh, what Boston and Toronto, or no Toronto Montreal? Yeah, okay. pretty sure it's Toronto Montreal. So anyway, the, first, the the preseason's over. Everyone's bugging us to death for our predictions, which they're really not, but we're going to give them the anyway. <laughs> and uh, you know, Blackhawks did not look so well. They were what two and two and four. They won that last game. They kind of ended on a high note by winning that last game against a bunch of scrubs from uh, Columbus here in Chicago. But uh, what did you think? John, uh, the expected outcome, and you know, certainly it uh, was uh, capping a two and four preseason, um, wherein the only other team they beat was uh, um, the uh, Ottawa Senators, uh, tomorrow night's opponent. Um, also, a team struggling to find an identity to, uh, to and put players that want to stay there, right. <laughs> and uh so yeah i mean but that clearly was basically the you know the, the lake erie monsters as somebody else put it uh several somebody else has put it and uh that was that was a, a team that the hawks with essentially their full roster their full nhl roster should have beaten and they did how many of the games did you see mario uh i was able to attend the uh, the home game against the Senators, which they lost, um, it was actually two two tickets. And uh, since since my my full time job uh, works out of the United Center offices, I got to park for free. So two tickets, two drinks, and um, what did I have? A hot dog. It was like forty bucks. So for a preseason game, that's that's not too bad. No, that's not bad um, at all. But yeah, saw that game. Um, in person and um, you know it was a was that was their second to last preseason game I think that they played and 
you know, both teams icing pretty much 90, 90% of an NHL roster. And, um, you know, yeah, it's the preseason, but you don't want to lose to Ottawa. <laughs> um, no. So, I, I mean, it was, it, it wasn't a terrible game. Um, you know, it, it, it was the preseason and, uh, you know, not, a, not a whole lot you can take away from it at that point. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the, the team coming into to tomorrow night is, uh, you know, I, I mentioned this to, to, to you guys, uh, you know, in, in our Twitter chat that we have. The roster that they're going to come out with is, you know, not the worst version of the roster that, you know, we, we maybe could have imagined once the, uh, you know, training camp started and everything. So, um for a team that doesn't have a, a super amount of, um, you know, optimism at, at least at this juncture, um, that's that's one nice thing that I can say about the team is that it's it's not the worst I thought it was going to look. So I don't know. We'll see. It'll be uh, it'll be interesting <laughs> tomorrow. And yeah, <laughs> that's it's I, hard. I, I, you know, someone asked me today they were like you know hey what what should you know what should i expect from the from the blackhawks this year and very instantly i said not a lot <laughs> um but uh yeah who knows it's i mean it, hockey's a weird game and there's a lot of uh a lot of ifs and up in the airs with with this organization right now so we'll see i know you were at a game john did you notice anything <clears throat> you want to point um, out I noticed Andreas Martinson um, yeah. in that game. Uh, I sat on the third row on the glass, and uh, Ooh. man, when that guy's in the game, the, the boards rattle and the glass shakes. He's yeah. uh, he's not a uh, what I'd call a skilled player, but he's certainly willing and uh, he can skate. And uh, so you know, he's he's a difference maker out there because the opponents have to really have their heads in a swivel when that guy's playing. And um, the uh, Kruger. Uh, Martinson Hayden line, which has become the Kruger Johnson Martinson line for tomorrow night. Apparently, um, you know they were they were effective, you know, and and unfortunately, you know, when your fourth line is your your most noticeable line, you have some other issues. Um, uh, but in that game, that that was you know sort of the the net you know positive that I noticed. Um, uh, Alexander Fortin had a nice game. Uh, Dominic Cahoon stood out to me, and I think that was the beginning of what turned out to be a, a very good sort of revelatory um, preseason for him. And uh, he's gotten himself in, into a nice little role playing with Jonathan Taves, who, in my opinion, looks really good. Um, and uh, Alex Dubrinkit on the other side, and uh, see what Mr. Cahoon can do with that. Oh, he's given all the tools, that's for sure. Uh... You can yeah. it's real easy to, it's really easy, easy to succeed when you have, uh, you know, players like that playing with you on your line. So, yeah. but, uh, Cahoon could really skate. He's, he's really, really nifty. And, um, you know, he's, uh, he's certainly, uh, around the puck a lot too. And, um, so, you know, we'll see how that translates into, in, into real games. Yeah. That, uh, that little backdoor pass that he gave to, uh, I think it was John Hayden on the one goal that he assisted on. Uh, I don't remember what, even which game it was, but it was a nice little slick little pass. He was going behind the yeah. net. He kind of reversed it back to Hayden, who had a wide open net. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty slick. I mean, uh, not all players can do that. So, yeah, he might turn out to be a a pleasant surprise, which you know, 
would we be need. great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, with all with with most of the known commodities on this team, if, if he's if he's an outlier that turns into, you know, maybe a 40 45 point player, I mean that's I think, that's that would be that would be welcomable. I think that would be terrific cuz if you could get you know, 45 from him and, and 60 from Debrinket and 70 from Taves. That's a, that's a pretty good line. Um, and, uh, you know, the other line is going to get some goals too. And, uh, cause that, that 88 guys on it. And, um, so that, that would be good because they're going to, you know, my, my biggest problem with this team is as they say, championships are built from the goal out and, um, this team as currently composed and we can get into the, the Corey Crawford delusions in a little while here. Um, but, you know, as currently composed, this, this team is weak in net and, and weak on defense. And that that's highly concerning, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. Um, I mean, so just some of my uh, observations was I was not impressed with Brandon Manning at all. He, he's a pylon. He, he guy's a pylon. Awful. He's awful. Uh as you can see, my t- the, the first night I went on a tirade about alternate nicknames for uh, Brandon Manning. Hmm. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, you know, Kruger looked like he's uh, feeling better and healthy. Yeah. So yep. that's good. Uh, you know, it was nice to see Cahoon do well. I mean, I, I, I don't think he's going to ever be more than just, you know, a supporting guy, but he's a guy that they can plug up and down the lineup and, uh, He's competent, and uh, but he can carry the puck by himself if he needs to. Just kind of like a solid all-around type of guy, I think. Yeah. I think, you know, he looks like he's defensively responsible. So, uh, you know, if you needed to use him on the PK or whatever, you know, he's not going to kill you. So, um, I don't know. I mean, Brandon Davidson and Brand- the Brandon brothers. uh <laughs> I mean, those guys, they're just guys. And yeah. honestly, they're not better than... I don't think they're better than the guys they had last year. So if yeah. you if you put Brandon Davidson and Brandon Manning up against Jordan Osterle and Cody Franzen... They're pretty similar, actually. I mean, I, I don't know. Davidson seems, you know, to be serviceable. Um, he, you know, he moves better than Manning does. Um, I saw him when I, when I, when I saw the Hawks in person... In the first game, I, I thought Manning or Davidson made a couple of a couple of smart plays to get pucks out of danger. Um, you know, he he hasn't he hasn't stood out to me in a bad way, which is which is good with defensemen. Yeah, but Manning gets beaten a lot by speed. He's he's really slow. Yeah, yes, and for a team who's trying to get younger and faster because they were getting older and slower, I don't. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. But you know, hey, whatever. Well, as far as the roster goes, uh, you know, they made their final cuts. Uh, Boakfast, there was all this hubbub and crap about, you know, (laughs) Boakfast is going to may stay with the team for a couple games. And the next day they sent him to London. Yeah. I, I, yeah, this, this horse crap, uh, aggravates me with these lies and the BS and feeding the media, all this crap. And, why? Why even bother? Why even bother saying that? If you're going to send them, send them to the miners the next day. Just avoid that whole day of crap. Of time. I have the a public. theory. Go ahead. 
I have a theory why why they're saying these things because there's it extends beyond both of us certainly. Um, oh yeah, I, I think that there's they're trying desperately to generate some enthusiasm and excitement around this team because they're not selling any tickets. Well, that much is clear. I mean, Mario, I think you brought something up today about the availability of tickets for the opener tomorrow. Yeah, I was looking on Ticketmaster, just looking at you know not non secondary market availability and. You know, for for a home opener for a team like like the Blackhawks against a team like the Maple Leafs, you'd expect it to be sold out, and it is. It, it's not. Um, it's there. There's still seats on you know the the primary sites that are unclaimed, and granted, they're all in the 300 level, but still, um, you know, it's 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 really surprising. And you know, you go into secondary market sites and. Um, almost every seed is, is up for grabs somewhere. So it's, it's, you know, it's, it's not the, uh, the hot ticket as it, as it used to be. So, um, I, I, there, there might be something to, to that, that, you know, the, uh, the Bullquist, uh, you know, pumping and pump the tires on him and, um, putting a date on Corey Crawford, uh, you know, I, I don't want to think that that's a conspiracy i'd rather believe that he's actually progressing but um you know the the thing with nhl gms and front offices over the last couple of years is they they give you this air of doubt with you know what they say and then what they end up doing and so it's uh every, every statement can kind of can kind of be retorted with a little bit of a well yeah but you know so um yeah. But yeah, tickets tickets to the opener, you know, they're way more available than they than I'm sure the team expected them to be. Yeah. Now we're we're probably close to about fourteen and a half minutes in. And I want to warn people, if you guys complain about us being negative, you're not gonna be happy with this either. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Because I mean, sure, yeah, we're negative a lot, but there's reason to be negative a lot. I try to be positive. I really do. Yeah. Well, I guess I guess it all comes down to expectations, right? I mean, if you expect to just sort of have a 500 team or a 10th place in the conference team, which certainly would be an improvement on last year's 13th, um, then yeah, it's it's you know there's probably some. like I am and I think Jeff you're the same way and Mario I I think we we've gotten a little spoiled and we we expect excellence from a franchise that that talks about excellence and still talks about excellence um and we feel like we we all genuinely feel like more could have been done this offseason than last year perhaps um in in terms of you know either going all in to 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 really contend this year or conversely being honest and saying it's time to rebuild neither of which the team has done and that's the thing that i think frustrates the crap out of us yeah Mm -hmm. it does it's for for sure and and i'm not even going to get into the cruffer just yet because that's going to be next but (laughs) i mean there's that and then there's plenty of time Uh, yeah i mentioned today about the the free agent thing and we'll talk about that you know a little bit too but Finishing up the roster, just getting back to that real quick, Sakura and Delia were sent down. Kampf and Johnson made the roster. Um, I mean, 
Mario, you made a comment today on Twitter about, you know, if you, uh, if you bet on Luke Johnson making the roster, go collect your winnings. Yeah. And, uh, well, more, more, more to the point that they are, at least to start the season, going to play him at center on that fourth line over Marcus Kruger. Um, you know, Luke Johnson making the roster, it was a bit, a little bit more of a long shot, but um, having him, you know, be in the in the spot that everyone basically just penciled Kruger in as soon as they, you know, brought him back to the team, um, I was a little bit more surprised at that, you know, where they were playing him rather than, you know, they actually kept him around. Is but, Johnson uh, a right-hand shot or a left-hand shot? Uh, off the top of my head, I, I wouldn't know. I'd have to – I mean, I'd have to go back and look yeah, at, look a, at a, a highlight. But, um, yeah, I'm not 100% sure. Because if he's a right-hand shot, and I think he is – Trying to trying to find that right now. If he is, they could be thinking about you know switching Kruger off, and and Johnson off in terms of uh, faceoffs on their strong hands. Um, Maybe I'm looking. Yeah, he's a right. He's a right hand. Yeah, shot. that that's probably because apparently you know that's what they're talking about doing with Schmaltz and Isimov as well. Um, mm-hmm. So that, I'm guessing that's what they'll probably do because Kruger's a lot better on his on his strong hand on faceoffs, and uh, so and they I know they like Johnson for faceoffs too. So. That could be what they're thinking. Yeah, jo- uh, Kruger, Johnson, and Kampf were all really close as far as like faceoff percentage goes. They were they were yeah. like right in a row. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so. Uh, and but- the thing with all three of those guys is they all can play both center or wing. Yeah. You know wherever you want to put them. So having that that versatility with you know if a guy gets tossed out of a spot of the circle or yep. anything. Yeah. Uh, that's that's important. Yeah, so so that was the roster. It shook out. Uh, I mean, the goalie thing shook out exactly however how we all said it was going to shake out. You know, Dealey was sent down because he's waiver exempt. Uh, so he was sent down, even though he gave, you know, he made the coaches think hard and long about it because he played probably the best game of any of the goalies in the preseason. Yeah. Uh, in that one game <clears throat> where they could have, you know, been down 5 nothing early. But, um and he was on fire for the rest of the game or at least the, 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 where he played. But, um, you know, uh, the defense, I mean, that kind of pretty much shook out how we thought it was going to shake out. Uh, once, once we found out that, you know, two guys that were probably going to make the roster with Forsling and Murphy were going to be out to start the year. So yeah, once, I think once, once that news came around, it was kind of like, okay, well now we know who it's going to be. Yeah, and I think that you know anybody who's sort of feeling redeemed by their you know their prediction that Yoki Haru would make the team, I think they have to view it through the lens of the fact that uh, you know Forsling and and Murphy are both out, especially Murphy. Um, and if one or both of those guys were were healthy, you could probably assume that Yoki Haru would be in Rockford. Um, mm-hmm. And you know because he wasn't you know. There was, he didn't really do anything in the preseason that would indicate that this guy's, you know, really going to come in and be anything special this year. And I, that's not to say he doesn't have a lot of potential. He, I think he does, but um, you know, we'll see. And I mean, the comment he made today that he's he's not nervous at all, or yeah, you know, okay. doesn't expect <laughs> to be nervous. And Quenville's Quenville's comment I thought was great. Well, I'll have butterflies for him. <laughs> yeah, just wait till the first time he's out there and he turns the puck over and. Quenville yeah. sits him for the next four shifts. Yeah. 
And we'll see. So, we'll see how nervous he is then. Yeah. Right. You know. Anyway. <clears throat> so anyway, the the lines as of right now, and this is probably how they're going to shake out for tomorrow. Are Debrinka, Taze, Cahoon on the first line, Saj, Schmaltz, Kane second, uh, Kunitz, Anisimov, Kampf on the third. I don't. I that line. I I, I don't gonna, know what's that's going to be an adventure. Yeah, and then the fourth line we kind of talked about: Kruger, Johnson. And Martinson, uh, I like that fourth line. That's fine. That's a fine. I fourth do too. Line. I like it better than the third line. I do too. <laughs> I, I, mean, I do too. Kunitz, Kunitz just I, there was a time when he was a really effective and and um, you know worthy player, but I, I don't know. He's just a he's just a body now. And I mean, an he, old he didn't do anything body. in the preseason to distinguish himself. I thought. Yeah, he's an old slow body too. On top of it. Yeah. Who's now going to be playing with, you know, slow Artem Anisimov, and poor David Kampf is going to have to, you know, lug the weight for all of them. Yeah. Well, at least he's in good enough shape to do it. <clears throat> that he is. <laughs> that he is. Yeah. Shout out to the CrossFit boy. Yeah. Well, so. Kunitz is like, you know, what do they actually expect realistically from him? Like, they, do they think he's going to be, you know, 20 goal Kunitz? at, you know, almost 40 years old playing with so, guys that are not, you know, huge, you know, huge, huge high level playmakers. I think that's, like, that's, that signing was, we've got to do something. Oh, let's just, let's sign Kunitz. I mean, literally. Mm-hmm. Well, it has they, to be. Cause why? Kunitz has done, I mean, he's most effective when he's out there with other players that can really bury the puck and, <laughs> You know, he, like, played with Crosby, and that's why he did so well. Like, Artem Anisimov and David Kampf are not going to be buried many pucks. Sorry, but, I mean, you know, Anisimov could scoop up some rebounds in front of the net, and poor Kampf, I don't know what he's going to be able to do out there. But, I mean, you know, he's not a guy who's going to drive the possession on that line. And, you know, his style of play on the wing is less effective than if he's playing down the middle. So, and it's... Yeah, it's 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 definitely that out of the out of the four forward lines that they have going into you know opening night, the third line is the one that I expect to be busted up the first. Oh yeah, they're going to get caved they'll, in. They'll, they'll, they'll split that yeah. fast. Yeah, they're going to yeah. have to heavily shelter that line, and even when they, even when or if they do, they they're, they're going to get caved in. Yeah. Uh, and then on defense, there's Duncan Keith with Yoki Haru. Uh, Brandon Manning with Seabrook, uh, Gustafson with Ruda, Davidson was a scratch, uh, or at least the guy on the outside, along with John Hayden. So, I mean, I'm fine with Yoki Haro playing with Keith. That's fine. He he was okay. He wasn't anything great, Yoki Haro, in the preseason. That's the way I looked at it. He didn't get himself killed, but he didn't look great. He was kind of just okay. Like, you could probably hang for a little while in the NHL, but, you know, people are going to start to – People are going to start to get onto his scent, and uh, they're going to figure out, you know, how the, how they can expose him soon. Oh, um, there will there, yeah, he's going to have a target on him, especially, you know, deep in his end, and and a lot of physical pressure. I mean, teams like the Jets, they're going to go after him. You know, they're going to they're going to see if, you know if he can withstand it, and uh, he's going to have to really be be you know smart and uh, and patient and. Um, tough because it's good he's going to get challenged and then you got the second line who or whatever second pair whatever manning and seabrook i mean those are the two slowest guys on the ice 
uh, Seabrook can, he's better at adjusting for that and taking better angles, even though he's not the greatest at it. He's, he's learned over the years how to, how to adjust and take a better angle. Brandon Manning just gets caught flat footed. And I don't, I, that, that line doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me either. Unless you're just going to have them in the, in, in, in their own end playing defense and killing penalties. I don't know. Yeah. If that's, I mean, if that's the plan for them to be the quote unquote shut down, uh, players, it's really all I can imagine, but we've, we've come a long way from Nicholas Jalmerson and Johnny Oduya. Yeah. The Brandon Manning and Brent Seabrook. Oof. Well, and a, a, you know, really declining Brent Seabrook, you know, you know, back in the day, it would be a different conversation, but yeah. You know. Well, you spoke about health earlier. Apparently Brent Seabrook's, you know, healthier and lighter and <laughs> they, they made sure they got that out there. Yeah, we'll see. Well, that's going to be put to the test too. Yeah, you know. And then the the third line of uh, the uh, my shifts are a wonderland. Uh, Eric Gustafson <laughs> and uh, Jan Ruda are going to play. I guess that third pair. Yeah. I mean, Jan Ruda. Okay, he's okay. He's he's a guy. He's okay. You know. Uh, n- <clears throat> none of those. <laughs> I, I'm suspect of both of those guys in their own end. Yeah, I mean, Ruda is Ruda's positionally very good, but he's he's for a guy his size, he's completely non-physical, and Gustafson in, in his own end is just is like David Runblad the second, and uh, you know he's like Runblad coming up the ice. He looks great, he, and he skates a lot faster than Runblad ever did. Um, he's very dynamic in that regard, but in his own end, he's just a train wreck, and he gets pushed around and, and, yeah. and all that. I mean, it's yep. So, yeah, I mean, you know, the goalie, Cam Ward, did not look all that great. I mean, he looked okay well, in, the, in the last game. He looked okay, but he didn't get a lot of shots on him. He didn't get a lot of quality chances against him. Uh, in the, the first game he played, and he was terrible. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's what we're going to have. It, you know, that's going to be an adventure. And uh, Anton Forsberg looked okay. Not great, not terrible. Looked okay. Forsberg had one decent outing. I think he gave up one goal. Um, and 12 shots. I forget which team it was against. And then he, uh, he played in the game that I went to um, against Ottawa. And I think it was a 2 1 loss. He didn't look yeah. terrible. I mean, yeah. He was okay in that game. Yeah. Um, he, he, he looked like the, the, on the, on the fence, you know, may possibly an NHL goalie. Yeah. That, that he is. So that's what you're going to get out of him. Yeah. Here's my fear about Forsberg, especially if Crawford does come back. And we talked about this the last ring cast. If um, if Crawford comes back and they and they w- wave Forsberg so they can send him down, and, we, and as we theorize, somebody else claims him. I just worry that that it's gonna it's gonna be Craig Anderson all over again, where some other team claims him and has a little patience with him, and and then they end up with a pretty good NHL goalie for the next ten years. Um. That's that's my and then and then you know they they wave him and he's gone and then Crawford lasts three games, you know then I guess Colin Delia gets his shot and maybe there's a story there but um, I don't know you know well it just just seems for this organization that um, that just these again all the credit in the world to Crawford because I I truly believe the guys the guy's a warrior and he's trying to come back 
the the thing I hear though is I hear him saying, "I don't know, I don't know if I'm ready." And and Quimble going, "He's ready, he's ready, he's ready." It's just, I don't know. I just don't get it. Well, like Laz, I don't have any institutional knowledge. <laughs> Back in the box, Laz. Um, well, well, the thing with that is, you know, it's they they continue to say that he needs to be 110 percent healthy. And then Quenville drops the comment, well, healthy enough to play. Well, it's, you know, that's so subjective. Like, what is healthy enough to play? Is it, you know, obviously with concussion, it's completely different. But we've seen guys with, you know, broken fingers and, you know, playing through, you know, torn ligaments and all this all this stuff that, you know, it's just like, well, yeah, but he, he can go out there and play. With a concussion, you can't do that. You know, so it's the same. So saying, well, he's got to be, you know, at least healthy enough to play. Well, like, no, you can't. You can't do that. I, you know, I, I, you know, from the the videos that get that get sent out on Twitter from from practice and and everything. I mean, I haven't seen a shot go above his waist yet. And they continue to say, well, you know, there's no there's no rule that says you you can't shoot high on Crawford in practice, but it seems like it's you know just unspoken hey keep keep it you know keep it down keep it around the legs um so so until i see you know shots taken on him top shelf with and and he's moving confidently to stop him there's going to be you know hesitation there's going to be the question of is you know does does he even feel like he's healthy enough that's the biggest thing and and, you know gate you said it he he keeps saying that, you know, when I'm healthy, when I'm healthy. Uh, I feel like the team, not that they're pushing him, but I think they want him to be healthier than he is right now. Or they want or they want to give off the impression of that, like John said. Possibly. Right. Possibly, yeah. You know, struggling for ticket sales, no no Corey Crawford in sight. Oh, well, you know what? Maybe Corey's going to be ready. I mean, we should go out and buy those tickets when Corey's going to be ready, you know? Right, yeah. Because... I mean, we're getting into it. You know, Crawford's practicing. He went for a week of, you know, finally getting on the ice uh, to getting lobbed softballs by the, you know, the guys who were scratched for the day or and the goalie coach, you know, a bunch of softballs, slow moving, nothing, you know, even. And again, I'm going to do this two episodes in a row because unfortunately he was correct. But Mark Lazarus was he keeps saying, you know, I don't see. You know, they're using, you know, white gloves. He's getting the white glove treatment and they're being very careful and shots aren't going high. And he's saying, you know, all the stuff that he's observing in practice. And then the Blackhawks turn around and they send Quinville out there and they're like, go, go give us, go give the company line. And it's, oh, well, you know, there's no rule against that. And he's, you know, he, he's better than you think he is. And uh, all this stuff. And we may put him out there on the 18th of October. Oh, Really? Is that so, you know, well, what you're saying and what everyone else is seeing are two different things, which is the same thing has been going on since the 26th of December or 24th of December when Corey Crawford went out and it was, well, maybe he'll be back in a month. Maybe he'll be out two months. Then it's maybe he'll be back before the end of the season. And then he, he wasn't back for any of that. And then it went, during the summer it was, well, we plan on having him for game one. And, or the beginning of camp, it was what it was. We planned on having him ready for the beginning of camp. And then it was, 
we plan on having him for game one, and now it's going to be game one and he's not around, and it's we plan on having him for the 18th of October. Okay. What's the common theme here? <laughs> yeah, right. You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, call us negative, but this is all true. We're not making any of this stuff up. They're constantly feeding you lines of horse shit. Some kind well, of hopes and dreams and, 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 you know, unicorns and rainbows. And it's not really that. I've, uh, I've uh, made a few enemies over the years by saying. Shocking. That, yes. That, it, that, it, that it's, not, um, it's not below the Blackhawks um, as an organization and via their, their PR functionaries to push stories out there that are good for business. And, um, and I think over the years enough people have seen it. I mean, there's people, um, out there in, in, on Twitter who have historically been, you know, big supporters of the organization all the time who are calling bullshit right now. Um, because it's, it's just, it's so transparent there. It ticket sales for this team are off in a way that nobody anticipated. Um, and it's it's just kind of it's it really kind of amazing how this was the hottest ticket in town for 10 years. And all of a sudden, you know, it's tumbleweeds. Um, and as a result, I, I truly believe that a lot of this, quote unquote, optimism about Crawford and, um, you know, the constantly shifting goalposts of, of when he's going to play or when he's going to be on the ice, you know, and with the team, et cetera. Is is basically, and I really believe that they're they're saying this in order to, because everybody has said, and we've said it, this team was going to de- depend on whether Corey Crawford was healthy. Mm-hmm. So, from the standpoint of selling tickets to see this team, is the team going to be competitive? Well, Corey's coming back. You know, it's just and whether it's whether it's legitimate or not, and it could be legitimate. Let's let's be fair; it could be. We could all be surprised. But, we all we all want it to be. No one yeah. no one no one wants the the, the team to be bad. <laughs> no, I don't like, even care as much as I just I I'm, I I for his sake because you right. can see it. He wants to come back. Mm-hmm. He's 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 being a warrior and, and and I I you know tip my cap to that and that's that's why I want to see him do it. I mean I because my opinion is even with him they're not going to be that good. No, yeah. no, and, and well. The Emperor does not share your optimistic appraisal of the situation. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> for all the meatballs out there. But, I mean, how, how many times do we all have gotten it where it's, you know, even from the start where it's like, okay, well, he's not going to be back in a month, you know, after he went out. He's probably going to be out for a while. Oh, no, no, no. Blackhawks said he could be back in a month. All the, you know, all, all the experts out there, all the Twitter experts. And then the next thing it's, you know, <laughs> Uh, he's not going to be back by the end of the season. They might as well just call it a season. You know, it's, that's it. No, no, no. Cute. They said he's going to be back by the end of the season. He'll be back. He'll be back. Well, that, that, that didn't happen. And, and, and again, and again, and again, and again, and again, like if we thought he was coming back, if we thought there was a chance we can come back, we don't want to be wrong, <laughs> but you know, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's it's not a it's not a finite timetable on a concussion. You can't you can't say oh concussion six months. You know it's 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 not a broken bone. It's not a torn you know ligament or muscle or nothing. It's you know concussions have guys have come back from concussions in a week and 
other times, you know, Sidney Crosby lost a whole year. And it's for them to then, you know, come out and say or allow Corey to come out and say, well, yeah, I had a concussion. This is when it happened. And these are, you know, I'm still dealing with it. Well, you know, that's all fine and good. And it's it's a good thing that they're going to be more transparent with injuries as as and or they claim. They, they, the team has been so far. But in December, just say it's concussion. He's out indefinitely. And, you know, take it day by day. And don't, don't you know, dangle the carrot out in front of the fan base and, and have this situation where that, that they, the team kind of put themselves in. Well, it's kind of funny how they, 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 they feel shocked when, you know, they tell people, they tell the public something and then it ends up being a whole bunch of crap. And then the public gets mad about it. You're lying to us. Well, well, we didn't know. Well, it's pretty obvious here. And like, John, you brought it up from the very beginning. Corey Crawford's like, I don't know if I'm ready. Like he keeps saying this stuff. Like he said right. at the beginning of uh, at the fan fest when they ro- rolled him out. I don't know if I'm ready. I don't know when I'm going to be ready. And the team runs right out after him. And they're like, oh, the 18th. Throw that date out there because everyone's going to just say that. They're not going to say possibly. No one does that. They just pick that one date out of there and they say, Corey Crawford's going to come back on the 18th. Because that's what people do. And it's just frustrating. You know? Um, but again, in John, again, you brought it up again. Uh, even when he comes back, he's not going to be the dominating Corey Crawford right out the gate. You know, even if he came back on the 18th and started playing, he's not going to be the Corey Crawford that he was when probably he went out. Probably not. Probably not. If you know, more, more than likely not. Yeah. And I mean, it remains to be seen. I mean, what's his durability? what what level can he play at and and for how long um it's uh, it's kind of a sad story i mean and and you know there could be a happy ending to this um but it's it's hard it's hard to see that right now yeah <clears throat> so in light of the nature of concussions right yeah so with that in mind i mean they're going to start the they're going to start season with cam Ward as their goalie and anton forsberg as their backup um you you the, the Forsberg thing is going to be a sticky situation if Crawford does come back. Uh, we just saw the other day, yesterday, uh, Toronto put two goalies on waivers and both got claimed because yeah, of injuries, maybe. which means that Toronto is down a couple goalies. So if a good goalie shows up on the waiver wire, don't be surprised if, you know, uh, just Toronto even uh, grabs him off. I could see Columbus reclaiming him too. Yeah. You know, in light well, of their yeah. how their goalie situation may evolve over the next year. So, uh, you know, they have Corpusalo, and then they've got Jeff Barube, Blackhawks legend, Jeff yeah. And they got Bob there. And uh, there are teams that need goalies. And that's the reason that, you know, Curtis McElhaney, who's like 36 years old, got claimed. Right. And Calvin right. Pickard, who is okay, but he's not, you know, I wouldn't say Calvin Pickard is much greater than Anton Forsberg or you know, and Anton Forsberg is much younger and, uh, you know, he's got more upside probably in the end. So 
when that happens, Forsberg very well could get claimed. And then, then that looks like another weird mistake that the Blackhawks are going to lose a player for nothing. If that, if, if it comes to that, I mean, who knows? They, they, he could sneak through. There's always that possibility, but it just based on what happened yesterday, uh, it doesn't look likely that a goalie. I'll bet he gets claimed if they if they if they waive him, he gets claimed. Yeah. So, but then, uh, the bigger picture too, and, and thing you've written about John is that you know the Blackhawks have all this cap money. They made this move to get rid of Marion Hosa to clear up that cap space, and blah blah blah. This line that force fed to us about all this cap room that they have that they haven't used on anything. Yeah, and you know it's it's interesting because I Charlie Romiliotis we had him on a few weeks ago and you know Charlie said well you know they're 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 probably just waiting till 2019 and they're gonna they're gonna strike in free agency, which uh, could work out well. But the, here's the issue: what what's the what's the goal? What are you trying to do? Are you trying to be a competitive team now or in 1920, or are you trying to build for the future? Because you've got this core that you're paying like $55, $60 million to that's all going to be a year older next summer. Um, and we're already looking at the downside of some of these guys already. Boom, so I, nailed the, it. The, this strategy of waiting a year and striking in 2019, stand with his lightning bolts, is going to strike. You know, it's, it, to me, the whole thing is it's just – it's spin i mean and with all due respect to charlie i think he believes that and um you know again if they're going to get the right player then for the future then it could then it could make some sense but i don't know they they sat by this this summer i mean eric carlson was out there you know and and believe me san jose hasn't signed him but i but i'm gonna tell you something i don't think that they they made that move without without knowing that they're gonna they're gonna do everything in their power to retain that player mm-hmm Oh yeah, for sure. And, and, and this kind of goes into what I was saying earlier today, we were talking about it in the private chat and I put it out on Twitter and it's like, I, we keep hearing and seeing about all this, you know, the Blackhawks next year, the free agent crop's going to be, you know, so great next summer. And, um, I don't think these people that are saying this have looked at the list of actual people who are going to be available because Eric Carlson's going to resign. Tyler Sagan's already signed. Yeah. Now the list is already getting whittled down. Who do you got? Yeah. Who do you have out there? You have Panarin, who the Blackhawks are not going to pay ten million dollars to. And Someone else yeah, will. And, and there's 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 ample there's ample sort of implied certainly evidence out there that Panarin's not coming back to Chicago either. And then you, you know? got Duchesne and Stone, who are with Ottawa. They'll probably let those guys go because that's what Ottawa's doing. But those guys are not. I mean, they're not going to put the Blackhawks back in the Stanley Cup. Barely no. not in the playoffs. And right there, you've already dropped down how much to this great free agent pool. Matthew Shane and, and Mark Stone are your great free agent pool? You're the, Those are who the guys that Blackhawks are going to strike at? You tell me. I mean, come on. I've I've consistently felt that Matthew Shane would, would fit really nicely on the Hawks, um, but... Uh, you know, he makes them a better team in my opinion, but I, there's, there's a lot of other holes. And again, we're talking about forward. Um, we're not talking about defense and goalie where we, where arguably the team needs more help. Right. 
And, you know, wait, what are you going to say? They're going to go out and get Bob Rovsky, who's old, who's going to be 31 or 32 at the time? Is that what they're going to do? I mean, I don't think they want another goalie that's, you know, already in his 30s. They're not going to want to do that and pay him whatever god ungodly amount some idiot team is going to pay him. Um, yeah, that's the problem is that, you know, Bob, if he hits the market, he's going to get big average annual value. And, um, I mean, 30-31 with him doesn't bother me if you sign him for five years. But it's it's the average it, – it's it's the cap hit it would be – probably prohibitive oh yeah he's he's they're not the goal they're not gonna want to pay a goalie that much money no what they really need is they really need a super blue chip goalie prospect to develop that's mm-hmm. what they need calendelia <coughs> calendelia <laughs> could be you never know well i mean he, he has progressed he you know Definitely. if you look at him from last year playing in the traverse city tournament to where he is this year where they 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 actually gave him a look as a backup because he played so well in the preseason. I mean, uh, you know, that's that's all they got right now <laughs> as far as, like, developing young goalies. Right, uh, right. They, 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 they've they got, uh, you know, Alexis Gravel, who looks good, but he's still way young. Uh, he's years and years away from being able to, you know, even be probably in the AHL. Uh, other than that, I mean, Matt Tompkins isn't going to be anything. Uh, right. Maybe Peters. Ke- Kevin Lankinen really didn't light the world on fire either. No. And he's already played pro hockey over in Europe. So, uh, you know, he might just be what he is, just a, kind of a depth goalie, and that's fine. But uh, depth goalies aren't going to get the Blackhawks where they need to be. Nope. So, no, I'm just, I guess what I'm saying, and this is not a dispersion on Colin Dealey at all, because, I mean, he, he did have a great, phenomenal outing in, in the preseason, and that was great to see. But I mean, what I'm saying is, is I don't, I'm not sold yet that he's the guy that the next great generation of Blackhawk hockey can be built on. I, I, I'm not saying he can't be, but I'm not, I'm not sold that he is, and and that's really what they should be looking for. Because you're right, Gate. I mean, at 30-31, Bobrovsky's probably going to be pretty old by the time the Hawks are are really back, you know, um, in contention again. Well, um, and he's injury so who's gonna prone. Who's going to be that guy? He's injury prone. He's one of these guys that's very, you know, acrobatic. So, yeah. I, I mean, his body's going to break down. And, it, I mean, it shows by the injuries. His body's going to break down even more. So I'd be, I'd be terrified of that. I would not, unless you're going to give him a one- or two-year deal, and he's not yeah, going to well, take he, that. They're not going to sign him. Yeah. They're not going to sign him. I, I, if I was any team, any GM, I'd be really afraid of that. I mean, he looks great now, but uh, his style of play doesn't lend to a body lasting a long time in the NHL. So, I mean, and, and, and the, their biggest problem is defense, right? Boquist looks great. Yeah, okay. But, you know, how about some guys that play defense on defense? Right. Uh, are there guys to, to sign out there that are going to be free agents? I mean, Truba's going to be an RFA, but he's going to probably get qualified or he's going to get some kind of bridge deal or some crazy thing like that. Uh, and next thing, you got Tyler Myers, who's a turned out to be sort of a failure up in Winnipeg, but... Uh, Alex Adler, Mark Mathot. No, no. I mean, I mean, again, I, I think that the Hawks did with the Hawks. I mean, the the <clears> cool <throat> thing about Bulkvist is there is exceptional talent there that that is evident. I mean, clearly, there's quite a few things he still needs to work on. Um, you know, to to be an effective NHL defender up and down the ice. 
but he can do some things right away. You, you see some things he can do with the puck. Um, and you know, he's got that instinct to, to rush, to rush the puck himself and, and create opportunities that way. And that's really exciting, but they, they need more guys sort of in that, 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 that range of, you know, 18, 19, 20, 21 years old who have that, that, you know, or even 22, 23, if they could find those guys who have that super high end, um, you know, um, upside that, uh, that he does, um, they, they need more of those guys on their defense because we're, because basically they're, they've got, you know, uh, an aging Norris trophy winner. They've got his former, you know, near elite sidekick who's, who's sort of starting to fall off quite a bit. Um, and then they've got a bunch of journeymen and Henry, Okiharu. you know, and, and so if this team's going to really get back to contention and I, I gotta be honest with you, I've, I followed this team since 1969 and, more hey, way no. more bad years than good and i don't want i don't want another 20 or 50, 10 15 bad years i don't want the you know the mediocrity of the 90s again i don't know uh, i want to know how this team's going to get back to being great again fast yeah. making hockey great again right <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know mario you got anything else to add in on this yeah i mean defensively they the talent is there in the pipeline i mean you know, Yokoharu, we're going to see how, you know, how he develops, you know, starting tomorrow night. Um, yeah, maybe. Boquist Bo- Bo- is, you know, keep an eye on him in, in London in the OHL and see see what he ends up doing. Um, Ian Mitchell. Yeah, Ian Mitchell should, should, should be making the jump here in, you know, maybe next year. You know, who knows? Um, yep. There's... Uh, Nicholas Bodin is another guy too. You know, the 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 guy, the guy that you know is living in Adam Boquist's shadow right now is being the other first round pick that the Blackhawks got. But you know, he looks he looks to have a lot of you know solid potential and you know could eventually be a you know reliable top four guy if if, if everything pans out well. And um, you know, as as far as Rockford goes, Carl Carl Dahlstrom is. Uh. I mean, he could he he could be a, a you know a, a third pairing guy that is you know Nick Jamerson light mm-hmm. at, at at his ceiling. So or Nick Jamerson um, heavy. <laughs> well, who knows? <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, the the defense in two years is going to look very different, and that sh- hopefully is is a good thing. Yeah. Um, well, very they, different, very skilled, and very small. Yeah. I mean, they need what they That's need it. is they need, you know, uh, Gilbert or Hillman to put on, you know, to become a physical force. You know, if it's mm-hmm. if that physical force isn't going to be uh, Dahlstrom, they need someone. You need some kind of physical force on the back end. It doesn't have to be four guys, but you need one or two guys that can throw the body around. A couple around. of them. So, you know, I mean, and the Hawks had that when they had, you know, Seabrook and Keith and then Jalmerson and, and Oduya, they had, you know, the fast puck movers on the left side and they had the, the lumbermen on the right side. And, and that worked. But I mean, you, you even know. had players like and, and you know, everyone's going to cringe when you say this, but was a good player it, it, it a lot, you know, for a lot of his Blackhawks career. Michael Roosevelt. I it mean, was Roosevelt was fine for, yeah, for when what he his started. Role was, it, it just they hung fine. on to him too long. 
Um, but then there was like, you know, if you go way back, like Matt Walker and, you know, there, there were some guys who had some physical element to their game. And right now the Blackhawks don't, well, yeah, but the Blackhawks don't seem to have that guy that's going to be able to, you know, going to be a bulldozer in front of the net. It's going to help their goalie out clear. You know, when there's a, when there's a rebound, you can lay someone out or, you know, catch someone coming across a neutral zone. Who's that? I mean, Connor Murphy. Okay, maybe. He's about maybe. the closest they have to that right now. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. I don't think that's a long-term uh, play. I don't think he's going to make it the way he's going. He's not going to be here long. Mario, I, I agree. There are encouraging prospects, but I still I still feel like they, you know, they're, A, they're all prospects. The one guy I think that you can safely project is going to be a really good NHL player as Bokovist. After that, I think... You know, Mitchell probably, but he's playing in college right now, and it's it's hard to project college players to the NHL. You know, for every Johnny Hockey, there's a um, oh Andy Hilbert. <laughs> you know, it's Jack just, Skilly. Just Jack Jack Skilly. Yeah, I mean, so you know, it's just it's hard to say. And you know, Mitchell's got he's got a, a size deficit, so we just you're gonna have to see. I mean, but I do agree that there are there's a couple of decent defense prospects, or and one at least one very good one um, who also yeah. is tiny and has also had concussions too. So, you know, well, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention uh, a certain player, Mr. Uh, Mr. Butcher on the New Jersey devils for our boy, Aaron Goldschmidt, yeah. who uh, was very high on Mr. Butcher. And uh, he turned out to be a good player. Good. Ca- Actually know. the Hawks were too. They just couldn't sign him. Yeah. Right. And you know, there was but, reports out there that they didn't go after him, but I happen to know better. They did. And it just, they, they, he wasn't interested. So, or not interested enough. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's what we got as far as the Blackhawks go. I mean, uh, I mentioned this on the other podcast that I did. I have the, uh, I have the wild taking last in their division. And, uh, just because I, that team never has impressed me. They're just there. They haven't done anything. They're just a year older. And, uh, I, I, but I think the Blackhawks may be able to be, you could probably flip flop them both, but um, I think they're going to be fighting for last in the division, the Blackhawks in the, in the wild. So I mean, what do you guys think? Uh, John, what do you think the Blackhawks are going to be like? Uh, I, I kind of agree with you. Um, you know, whichever of the Blackhawks or the wild exceed expectations will be the team that finishes ahead of the other one. Um, I, I, I don't know, because I, I don't know where with this Hawks team, I think we've seen enough in the preseason to know what what their weaknesses are, what their strengths, relative strengths are, and I, I don't know where the cavalry is that's coming over the hill. I don't know which young player they have in the roster who's going to really make that big step up this year and, and make a difference on this team. It's still a team built around the veteran core. And that you know they have they've not done anything to complement the vet, the veteran core other than just bring some some kids up you know like Johnson or or Yoki Haru. Um, that's not going to be enough. And uh, I think this could be a very long year. I, and I also think this is the year when the organization finally sort of cuts bait and they they end up being sellers at the deadline instead of buyers. And that could get real interesting. Yeah, and. Uh... You know, they to be to get back to where they were, they're gonna need uh, the next generation of generational yep. players. Yep. Um. And and right now, Nick and, and 
we got a scathing email about, about you know, well, well no kidding, Nick Schmaltz and Alex DeBrinkett aren't going to be Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane. Okay, yeah. But who <laughs> right. is? Because you're not going to be a cup contender with just Nick Schmaltz and Alex DeBrinkett. They're secondary players. They're not that next generational player, maybe. No. Maybe DeBrinkett, I don't know. I mean, I could, I, I'll take the devil's advocate side on that one. Nick Schmaltz. I mean, he's been around long enough where I think we kind of see where it's going. And it's not terrible. I'm not saying it's terrible or it's awful. He is what he is. But he's a secondary. I don't think he's ever going to be the first line center of the Chicago Blackhawks. And if he is, he's going to need a lot of help on that line. Well, he needs to get a lot better at center if he's he's going to be the first line center of this team. So if those guys aren't, and we're pointing that out, and, and to the smart guy who said, well, no crap, who is? Who is? Because they don't have that in the system right now. Right. They've got some good defensive pieces, and that's all good and well. But what are you going to play the trap? I mean, I, you have to have forwards. This is a team game. This yeah. is not an individual game. You have to have you know those those guys up front who are going to drive your you know your your first line, who's going to take all the hard minutes and all the hard matchups and all that stuff. That's not Nick Schmaltz. Sorry. It's not. You know, the, and the, the sad thing is, is I mean, Jonathan Taze is 30 years old. And based upon what I saw in preseason, he looks good. He looks he looks ready to go. It's just unfortunate. This this is a this is a, a generational player. And what have they done to, to compliment him? Dominic you Cahoon. Know? Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, not to and we like Dominic Cahoon, but he's probably yeah. best suited to being a third line player on a very good team. Yeah, second you third know. line player or whatever. He should uh, he's yeah. not really necessary. He, I mean, he fills he fills a spot, and that's about what he is. He's filling a spot. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, Mario, what do you think about what do you think they're going to do for the for the season? I mean, I it really all all comes down to, um, you know, if the defense can outperform what it looks like on paper, and. You know, the, the, the biggest if of the season is Corey Crawford's health. I mean, we've, we've gone over that as, as much as we possibly could. But, um, you know, if, if he does come back healthy and is, you know, 90% of the Corey Crawford he used to be, the de- then then the team can, can maybe sniff a, a, a playoff spot. But anything more than that is is going to take some, some serious, uh, overachieving or, you know, I, I can be sunshine and rainbows and say that Taze is going to score 85 points and Kane on, and Debrinket both are going to put up 40 goals and Nick Schmaltz will be, you know, 60 point player and 50, Corey, 50% at the dot. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's it for them to be a, a, a playoff team this year everything literally everything is going to have to go right it's going to have to be the exact opposite of last season yeah and 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 more often than not uh everything going right doesn't happen for for a team in this league so um there are going to be challenges in the division but that's uh, they're going to be one and one with um you know probably minnesota um maybe maybe colorado yeah, I, I was looking at that, and you know, I, I got to think Dallas is going to be better. Um, 
Winnipeg is a, you know, they're, they're a monster team. Nashville's still going to be good. Uh, you know, Oh yeah. Uh, they're going to be at the top. I, I had Winnipeg, uh, Nashville. Uh, I think I did Dallas third. I don't, I, I'm trying to go off the top of my head, but, um, I mean, there's some good teams in, 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 in the division. So. And we've said it before. I don't think there's a team in the division that got that, that did anything to, um, not either stay the same or progress from, from last year, at least on paper. Whereas Chicago going from last in the division, I don't think that they did anything either to progress. I, I don't think that they're worse than last year. Hopefully not. But if they're, if they're the same team, uh, as far as production go, as they were last year, they're, they're going to be in the lottery. And, uh, you know, it, it kind of hurts to say it, but you, you kind of have to think that, another lottery draft pick is probably the best thing for this team right now, because, you know, you look at last year and, you know, you, you get, you get the, the eighth pick and you come come away with Bolquist. You know, if you get in the, in the top 10, top five, again, you know, next, next draft and have a chance at someone who can, again, be maybe a, a way to change the franchise or at least be a, a top level player in the next, you know, two, you know, one to two, maybe three years. That's what they got to do. They got to get young. They got to be, um, you know, skilled and they have, they have to address uh, defense. I think they, the last two drafts have been good. And I think if they, if they get a, a young defenseman, in the lottery of next year's draft, obviously I don't know who that would be yet, but if someone who can one, have some size and two have some, have some, some top end skill. I mean, that's, that's pretty much the best thing that they can do moving forward. So if they're, you know, if they're, if they're bottom of the division again, it's, you don't want it, but at some point you're going to have to accept it and try and find the positives out of it. Cause it's going to be another year of trying to find the positives if it's if they don't have any improvement. Well, I I would go the other way and say that if they get if they were going to get a, a lottery pick that they need to bring in that next generation of offensive force. Well, if they get Jack Hughes, yeah. Yeah, well, but I, yeah, I would I, honestly if if we're talking lottery pick again and and uh, you know with with this core aging another year, I mean, there's no better time to sort of, you know, turn your, your past generation into the future generation. And then at the NHL trade deadline on March 1st, cause that's, that's the ultimate seller's market. And, uh, where teams are so teams sniffing a cup are so willing to overpay. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I don't know. I, the lack of direction of this team, again, if they're, if they're 10th in the conference at that point, I think they're foolish not to explore making some big moves to pick up picks quality prospects, quality young players, and, and you know, re, really restock with, with the high-end prospects. Mm-hmm. And you can't just say, oh, get rid of Seabrook for a seventh just to get that rid of That ain't happening, right. No, you'd have, to get, you'd have to give up, you know, you'd have to take back a seventh and a salary. Right, right. And, and you know, yeah. that you'd be lucky, actually maybe just the salary. 
Yeah, I mean, and typically a lot of the trade, you know, you know, the first, the you know, first, the first thing you hear is, well, they've got no movement clauses, you can't trade them. That's not true. Those things can be negotiated around, and usually they're not. Team vote, approach, they're not boat anchors. No, and when a team approaches a player, a veteran player, and the team's on the downside with an opportunity to go go to a team with a chance to contend for a cup, they get waived. Um, you know, conversely, some of the trade scenarios that get thrown out were like, you know, teams are out there waiting to, you know, throw, you know, all kinds of stuff to the Hawks for, you know, like uh, fringe players on the roster. That's not going to work either. But, I mean, realistically, like a, a player like Duncan Keith, for example, at the deadline, um, some team is going to be willing to pay for somebody like him if they need that that defenseman to get them over the top or what they think will get them over the top. And you're going to get a nice, you're getting a real nice return. Yeah, um, for a guy who's affordable and still got, you know, still got some tread on the tires. Yeah, and a yeah. lot of experience. Yeah, and yeah. So I mean, well, it'll be interesting to see. And I, quite honestly, I mean, I'm going to watch every game between now and then. But I, I don't have a lot of hope that they're going to be contending for the playoffs at that point. And, and then at that point, I'm, I'm really interested, interested to see what they do at the deadline. And how that impacts the next five years of this team. Yeah, there's I don't I haven't seen anyone out there that's picking the Blackhawks to do any better than last or second to last in their division. So, you know that that kind of tells you something <laughs> when it's universally accepted. Right. Uh, when yeah. even the really typically very optimistic people are kind of, you know, start lighting candles. Yeah, and it's funny to hear the national media like making fun of like. Well, I guess the Blackhawks are going to ice Cam Ward as their starting goalie. <laughs> and then there's a chuckle and a snicker. And it's like, yeah, that's how we feel, too. Yeah. But the, we're going to we're going to hear from, you know, meet Joe Meatball that, uh, you know, Cam Ward won a cup in 2006. Well, that was 12 years ago. <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah. Yeah. And he's had what? One one season, maybe two where he's been above a, a 9.20 save percentage since then. Losses starting gig many times. I mean, the list yeah. goes on and on and on. But yeah, uh, yeah I don't want to use him as it. So that's, I mean, that's kind of it as far as uh, the Blackhawks roster goes. Um, we got some questions. Uh, I can go through questions. We can do that. Yeah. We've been through an hour already. So uh, first, Alex Doctor or Alex DR, I still don't know. Alex, please let me know what it's supposed to be, if it's DR or doctor. Um, how you're often, not supposed to know. Yeah, you said for sure it's a doctor, but uh, I, I don't know. I'm not so sure. Uh, his question was, how awful is that Hosa trade now? Honestly, I'm trying to find some sort of positive from it. But essentially, they give up Hennestros and Osterley for Entwistle because they didn't use Hosa's cap room before the season started. Uh, Entwistle's a project down the road. It looked okay in the preseason. But uh, that's that's all you really got from there. But uh, John, you're you're kind of more of the the transaction guy. What do you what do you what do you say? Um, you know, again, it's, you know, I, I I think our friend Laz said this. You know, Marcus Kruger is not going to help this team win a Stanley Cup. He's a complimentary player on on the right kind of team, and I, I think he's right. I mean, um, that you know, Kruger takes some pressure off of Jonathan Taves this year. I mean, and and he's he appears healthy, so. That's an upside. The, the The reason you did that trade was to get this cap space, though, and they haven't done anything with it. Um, so uh, it's it's hard to, to say that that it was a good trade in that regard. Um, 
We'll see what happens with Henestrosa in, in, in Arizona and, and, you know, where he ultimately goes. I, I wasn't of the belief that, that he had shown yet that he was going to be a, an, an NHL star. He had the potential to be a good third-line or fourth-line player um, if, he, if he really adjusted to and accepted that role. So we'll see. I, jury's, but my, so my jury's still out on it. I want to wait and see what the Hawks do with this cap room. So he 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 actually said in a second question too. It said it seems like they are very rushed, or uh, seems like a very rushed move to just sit on the cap space. Yes, I know they could use that money in the future, but why not just use LTIR instead? Please let me know if there's anything good to take from that trade. So that was the rest well, of his thing. So he was on LTIR. Oh, yeah. So. Well, they were going to have to put him back on LTIR. He was going to have to be on the roster yeah. for, for day one, and then they put him on LTIR. But then we're going to have to make right. the, They have to do the whole thing where you you make the cap, you know, you, you get as close to the cap as possible, and then you can use that LTIR to go over the cap. Uh, with the right. hit is actually still on the roster, or the hit is actually still on your team, but you get to go over the cap by, you know, whatever. Uh, so it's a whole thing. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't, uh, I, they just wanted to get rid of the hose of money. I, but again, you got to do something with it for it to be worth it. You know, it's not worth anything if you don't use it. Right. And, uh, well, wait and until next I, I summer. Think lot, I think, I think a lot of people, uh, were, were buying in that, you know, Inestroza was going to be in the position that Cahoon is in, you know, playing, playing on the top line along with Taze. And while that's all fine and good is, in Estroza there being being there any different than Cahoon being there? I don't think so, other than he's from Illinois. Yeah. Well, yeah. So so the the to say that, you know, the host of trade is a bust because you lose in Estroza, well I mean, you don't lose a whole lot. I mean, I don't know. That's that's just my my take from from that. No, he's kind of a depth guy. I mean he's not you know, first line scoring forward, Vincent Estrosa. He's kind of like, you know, middle six kind of guy. You could kind of move him up, move him down, kind of play a little round. He's got, a, you know, he's got some spice to him. He's a spicy little meatball. I don't know. He always, <laughs> he, he always reminded me uh, of like a Darren Helm, Chris Draper kind of guy, potentially. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's not sexy, but guy, you win hockey games with guys like that. And, you know, speedy guys who can make, who could are just tough as hell to play against with their energy, um, and they're frustrating to play against. I, I, I thought he could be that kind of player. It's a little bit of offensive upside, um, but you know, maybe, you know, he maybe in a really good year he could get 18, 20 goals. Um, but there were people who are, you know, making comparisons, you know, with him to like Marty St. Louis and nah. players like that. No, he wasn't that player. He, he's not going to be that player. No, and and he's going to have an opportunity to shine in, in Arizona. So yeah, that's and that that's that's terrific for him. Oh. <clears throat> but you gotta you're going to have to take anything that that he does in Arizona with a grain of salt because he's going to be getting an opportunity with yeah. a team that's going to be bad, and probably an opportunity he wasn't going to get with Chicago. Exactly. More minutes, more power play opportunities. Yes. Yeah. Anthony Duclair had 45 points with the Coyotes <laughs> in his best season. And right. we saw what 
you know, the Blackhawks ended up thinking about him. So, yeah. Scored ah. a pretty nice breakaway goal against the Blackhawks, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Next. So, uh, Banzosa on Twitter. Um, how many games do the Hawks play before Q and Stan are fired? Um, I, I just, and, yeah. You and Sam. What's the over under? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, Q would be the first to go. Uh, if it was, I mean, I don't know. It, they, I don't know. <laughs> it could be December if they're really doing bad. You might just say to hell with it, Joel, you know, take early retirement, get reassigned and, uh, We'll do something else here. Start building for the future. I don't know. I think, and I'm I'm far from a Stan Bowman apologist. I agree. I think it would I think Q will politically be the first guy to go if things go really bad. Um, and um, I'm not sure he he won't be relieved at that point. But um, I'm not a Stan Bowman apologist. But I, I you know I really think <clears throat> it's a mistake to to look at him and say, well, he's failed in his job as a GM because. In my opinion, I don't think he's ever really functioned as as an independent GM as other GMs, like for example, his predecessor Dale Talon did. Um, and I, I think you've got to look at the in, entirety of the apparatus in the front office. Um, you know, John McDonough's role, um, Al McIsaac's role. Uh, you know, um, there's a very crowded front office there, and and the, you know, supposedly the, the decisions have been made by committee. And a lot of decisions have not been made because they have a committee. And, um, you know, I think they got to look at the whole thing and not just, you know, sort of replace Stan with the next functionary who can get along with John McDonough. They got to look at the whole thing and say, do we do we need a hockey guy heading up not just hockey operations, but the whole organization? There are a lot of teams that have team presidents who are hockey guys. Um, you know, do we do we need a more streamlined front office that can act more independently and make the moves necessary to rebuild? Because all Bowman's ever been is a maintainer. That's it. You know, so I I I I think that definitely Quenville first. I think, but I think when people start talking about Bowman, I would just my hope is that they're going to look at the whole thing in the front office. Yeah, which... and and GMs usually in the middle of the season are not let go. Yeah. Right. Right. That's the other thing. Yeah. Correct. Sure. Hey, did you say apparatus in the front office? Apparatus. That's what I said. Hey, <laughs> phrasing. <laughs> uh, he, there was a second question. Do you believe Crow is going through the motions for LTIR and insurance claim as was proposed by Elliot Friedman? That was an no. interesting. No, that was an interesting comment that came out though. Um, kind of went under the radar and not a lot of people really brought it up usually things like that like the whole video game thing these little passing comments that get blown up uh i would have thought that would have been blown up a little more but i guess uh they just kind of let it go um well going through them i don't understand the and you know i i didn't hear the full full comment or suggestion made but going through the motions for ltr and that one, if he's if he's dealing with a concussion, going through the motions. So I mean, isn't there's got to be some sort of risk to just being out there? Because you know, who knows what could happen? Right. Um, right. And if 
if and if he's going through the motions, then you know Crawford should be getting a, an Oscar nom because he's he's you know putting on a, a a pretty convincing performance that he you know he wants to be out there. He wants to be you know no player wants to have um, you know LTIR retirement or whatever handed to them. They want to yeah. you know go out on their own terms. So to to think that he's just you know just doing this for show is I, I can't put any weight on that. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you, Mario. I think you nailed it. Oscar, he would be worthy of an Oscar if he was faking something. Everything about the guy in, in interviews and the way he's the way he's going about things suggests that he he, does, he wants to go out playing. And you know, I mean, and God bless him. I mean, I take I tip my cap to him, like I said before. And and no, I don't think there's anything contrived about this at all. Yeah, I, I, I kind of agree with you. I, I think kind of the – and I'm not sure because I didn't hear the exact comment, but it was kind of like uh, for the insurance to cover his contract, he kind of had to be on the ice showing that he was – I don't know. I think that's what it was. Um, I think I would have – I may have bought into it a little bit if he was still doing the whole uh, private 30-minute thing before, you know. But they've moved him to actual, you know, playing with – teammates which you know take it for what it is uh they're still not you know challenging him a lot but he's actually moved regular practice if they would have had to have uh done you know this thing this this elaborate scheme for this insurance thing i would think that he would still be doing those private sessions with the with the scratch guys and getting lobbed softballs from the coach so yeah i'm with you guys on that and you know the the Blackhawks are not too far removed from everyone, you know, getting on their case and and you know trying to do their own in, independent in, in investigations into this rare skin disease that Marion Hosa, you know, all all of a sudden becomes public that he's dealt with his whole life. And I'm not I'm not one way or the other doubting or, or whatever about that, but. You know, they there there was some public, you know, questioning and flack and whatever you want to call it. So if they're if they're yet again scheming, potentially, you know, if you want to believe conspiracies or whatnot, if they're quote unquote scheming again, you'd think that they'd be smarter than that if that were the case. Yeah, for sure. Oh, there's so. there's there's been scuttlebutt uh, with the uh, the Zetterberg thing too. I've heard I've heard. A couple whispers out there. Oh well, you know his his, his salary dropped to one million dollars this year. So now finally his back doesn't. You know his back. I think he was pretty injured. <laughs> he had serious back surgery. Right. Yeah, he's you right. know he may have pushed the back surgery off until this year, but he still needed it, and he was probably you know salary or not not going to be able to play much if at all anymore. Anytime the word degenerative is is used uh, to describe an injury or an illness or whatever that a, that a professional athlete is dealing with. I, that's just something you can't mess with. So to have a degenerative back injury or issue that Zetterberg has, you know, your yeah. back is pretty important. So, you know, John is a g- degenerative. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> so, nailed it. Nailed it. So um, our next question, and I'm going to introduce who it is, and then I'm going to let you take it from there, Mr. Uh, John Jekyll, uh, okay. is from Pappy Hour. 
Mark Louis Paprizica. Would you like to easy for you to say? Yeah. <laughs> Would you like to take uh, that that subject uh, before we sure. hear this question? Before we delve into uh, Pappy Hour's question, uh, Mark Louis Paprizica, also known as Pappy, also known as MLP on the Twitters, um, has decided to join the rink.com um, as our, our latest uh, writer, and, and he brings with him some uh, pretty uh, exciting credentials, um, not least of which he's a good writer. Um, but he's also a warrior, warrior hockey VIP, um, a regular player of the game um, at a very high level. And, uh, you know, I think he, in, in his desire to join us from Sports Mockery, and we love the Sports Mockery guys, and um, if there's anything bittersweet about this at all is that, you know, uh, Pap left behind some guys who, who, you know, we owe a lot to. And uh, But he decided that, you know, uh, being part of what we're doing was exciting to him. It was a, it was a good next step for him. And, uh, you know, the conversations actually started uh, with uh, one of the other uh, gentlemen, and I use that term loosely on this podcast, um, a couple of weeks ago, and it's, it's, it's gone on from there. And, um, uh, you know, we're really excited about it. You know, Pap's the kind of guy and, and the kind of personality, the kind of point of view that, uh, you know, we're trying to cultivate here in the rink to, you know, as we've always said, we're going to be about hockey and we're going to go real deep on hockey. And, uh you know, he brings that in spades. So we're super excited. You're going to see his first piece, I would think, in the next week or so, if not sooner. And uh, I don't know, Gate. What do you got to say, Mario? What do you What do you think? I mean, yeah, we're gonna get, we'll get him on the podcast at some point. Uh, he's just a good good dude. Knows his hockey. If you see, if you've seen his Twitter account, man, he knows his hockey. He's involved in the game a lot, and uh, he's just a good. He's a good guy. Uh, I we're, we're lucky to you know, have him coming on board and uh, he'll do nothing but make the team better. So. Yeah. yeah so. Uh, he's, he's, uh, he's always been, he's been good to interact with uh, on, on the Twitter machine uh, over the last couple of months. And um, nice guy tries hard, loves the game. So <laughs> high compete level. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. High motor. Um, no, it's, it's, it's good stuff. Um, hopefully he can uh, maybe, Hook us up with some uh, some warrior gear <laughs> with his uh, with his connections, but uh, no, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. That's, that's that's good news. Yeah. You know, it's good, Pat. You know, Pat, one of the things I've always liked about Pappy is he he uh, sees himself as a deal maker, and um, he's he's enterprising. And you know, we've uh, we've built ourselves and and uh, our community um, sort of hand in glove with our our official sponsor, Puck Hockey. And so you know, Pat, you know, Pap's relationship with Warrior Hockey and some other people. Um, in the game and in the business, um, you know, we're, we're, we're excited about that too. Cause we're always looking for, you know, ways to kind of expand the scope of what we're doing within the game. Yep. So Pappy, here comes the money. Here we go. <laughs> here comes the money. <laughs> nice. Um, right so th- this was his ki- kind of a comment question thing. He says, what's the nicest thing you could say about the Blackhawks going into this season? And we're a team. Cannot be the answer. <laughs> My, that Cam Ward looks like a nice boy. <laughs> I mean, the, the 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 depth they have in defense, young defensemen that, that aren't ready for the NHL, but that depth is nice. I mean, that's that's a nice thing to have. So that's, I mean, that's the best I have or the nicest thing I can say about this team. Oh, wow. Um, 
Uh, you know what? I'm I'm going to go more sort of specific because I think you know, Kay, you know me and Mario and and a lot of our listeners do. I I'm I'm all about proving it at the NHL level. Um, and so I'm not going to talk much about the overall prospect pool or any particular position, but. Um, I, I am excited. It appears that Adam Boakvist is what he was advertised as a really exciting, offensively gifted defenseman. Um, you know, with some with, with some pretty uh, amazing uh, you know tricks in his bag, and um, you know we'll see um, we'll see how he how he develops down the line. But I mean, those are the kind of players the Hawks need. The Hawks need those guys that are going to be stars. They've had a lot of stars in this last ten year run, and they need they need to find the new ones. And I think they they got one. Mario, what do you? What's the nicest thing? Um, well, I, I I would agree with the with, with with those statements that you know the, the prospect and <clears throat> prospect pool is 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 looking positive. Um, you know, I, I I gave one earlier, you know, saying that the the roster that they're going to ice uh, tomorrow night is not the worst it could have looked. Um, you know, whether you take that as a compliment or not, um, that's up to you, but. That's I think that's the best that I that I can go with with as far as the Blackhawks are concerned. Um, as far as the organization goes as a whole, I'd like to shout out the uh, Rocker Ice Hogs just for the um, you know the the work that they're allowing us to do. Um, you know, allowing me to uh, be around the team and, and and have access to talking with the players and, and with Coach Colleton and. Um, be be able to uh, for us go into the depths of, of the of the game and, and the organization that we want to in in ways that uh, a lot of people uh, can't do. So I I, I want to um, you know continuously thank them for being so uh, uh, so awesome with with me and with with our site and um, looking forward to uh, another year of, of being in, in Rockford and, um, you know, reporting on a, on an exciting minor league team that's, uh, you know, got some got some good uh, good players and good storylines and, um, you know, might might be the 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 late spring bright spot for uh, for Blackhawks fans to turn to uh, at the end of the year. So, uh, big shout out to them. Yeah, and uh, I also would like to speak for Evan when I say. Big shout out to the Indy Fuel uh, yep. for the access that they're giving him to be able to cover that team. And uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. That yeah. really is. Evan, Evan's uh, Evan's been a nice nice addition to our team, and uh, um, it's it's pretty cool. He's he's doing a great job. Yeah, and uh, there will be an Indy Fuel report coming up this year. So not only will we have Mario giving the uh, Roadhogs. <laughs> uh, report but um we're gonna have evan given uh, uh reports probably weekly or bi-weekly whatever um with the indie fuel and what's going on down on the farm over there so but welcome Good pappy enough. again that's pappy underscore hour check him out make sure you follow him you probably already are if you're listening to us so but uh yeah the next question uh colby bando on twitter which young defense uh, which young defenseman did correct that there gets in Q's doghouse this season and is traded for, uh, which is traded to flourish with another team. 
I think uh, I'm going to say Gustav Forsling. Yeah, I, I'd probably go there too. You got it. And it, it's it, it really it's nothing against his skill. It's just it, he's he's still young, but he's been around the team for what seems like forever. <laughs> And he's always been on, on that cusp of like, well, he should be an NHL talent, but he's not yet. Yeah. And, you know, you, you have that scope on him and you tend to forget like, okay, he's, he's still just 22, 23 years old. You know, defensemen tend to take longer to develop, but I, 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 think, the, I think the team wanted him to be NHL ready and, and full-time in the NHL lineup you know, a year and a half ago at least, so... Once yeah, right. He gets back healthy. I mean, he might he might be on a on a short leash. Yeah, if they can, you know, if they can unload him and get get a valuable piece for him, you know, or at least a useful piece, I should say, because mm-hmm. they're not going to get much. Of, they're not going to get a whole lot of value for a guy that that they're not planning on using. So, <clears throat> uh, the final question uh, from our boy Manifold Glue Martin. Um. Does the Blackhawks seven have room for their fourth Stanley Cup ring in nine years? Uh, if not, how do they make room for them? <laughs> uh, sure. And then he said, "Serious question: Will Taze reach thirty goals this season?" I'm going to go out on a leash uh, because I hope it happens and say yes, but it probably won't. <laughs> but I'm going to—that's the thing I'll be optimistic about is that I want to see Jonathan Taze, you know, rebound and have some kind of uh, revival year. If he if he gets to twenty five goals and is and is at about seventy points, um, I think that's obviously that's an improvement over the last three years that he's yeah. had. But if he if he's in those ranges, um, that's you know that's a win. Yeah, I'm gonna agree with that too. I, you know, I yeah, thirty goals. I don't know, maybe probably not though, because I you know. I don't know. We'll see. You know, we'll see. You know what what Cahoon's ability is like to to set him up. Um, to bring it's a nice little passer too. You know, you never know. Um, that line looked pretty good at times in the preseason. So we'll see. I don't know. Yeah, they caused a lot of uh, offensive pressure. That's for sure. But uh, Taves is the one who really benefited from. He got three goals and led the team in the preseason. So. But anyway, so that's it. That's it for questions. We got anything else we want to cover? Mario, do you want to give any kind of expanded uh, predictions or anything like that? Um, exp- expanded predictions. Um, <laughs> man, uh, I, 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 I put it out on, on Twitter earlier. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm predicting an all-Canadian Stanley Cup final between Toronto and Winnipeg. Um those are the, the sexy picks right now, but I'm, I'm buying into them. Um, I think Toronto makes a move at the deadline to improve their defense. I don't know what that is because I don't really know their team in and out, but I think defense is where they need to improve. I think they make some sort of move to improve it and put them over the top. And uh, I, have, I have Toronto ending their, uh, their cupless drought uh, over Winnipeg, so... That's my uh, that's my my burning take. Yeah, well, since I picked uh, Washington last year, and I was just based, I was just there was no knowledge involved. I just because I wanted Ovi to win a cup. Uh, yeah. I'm going to go off the 
off kind of the beaten path and say that uh, Tampa wins the cup this year. Just because I want to be a little different. And uh, that's my prediction. John, you got anything else? Uh, I, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to take for the cup this year. I think I like the Winnipeg Jets. That's not a bad pick. I thought maybe it was oh, yeah. Winnipeg and Tampa in the final for me. Yeah. I mean, those are, you know, Winnipeg last year was, was right there in the mix. And, um, Tampa's Tampa's that team. That's just always uh, a contender and, and, going to be for a couple of years so yeah um yeah they're fun to watch they they really play a great system game um they're a lot they're actually a lot like the hawks were um you know a few years ago and detroit before them they play that same type of um you know system-based speed game um through center ice and uh they're fun to watch, but I, I love the I love the way the Jets played too. The Jets played big boy hockey yeah. mm-hmm. up and down the ice, and and I would like nothing more than to see Dustin Bufflin hoist the, the cup one more time. I like Winnipeg, so yeah, I wouldn't hate that. I like Lion A. Yeah, so, I like Lion A too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I think with that, I think we're done, guys. Huh? Sounds good. Cool. Yeah. All right. With all that said, you can find all of our wonderful content at www. .the-rink.com. You can find us on all the popular social media at The Rink Official for Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, you can also find the Twitter account for The Rinkcast. It's at The Rinkcast. I am at Puck and Hostel. John is at Jekyll, J-A-E-C-K-E-L. Uh, don't forget PuckHockey.com. Uh, Mario is Mario underscore Tarabasi. Uh, I think I got all that. If you get a chance... Head over, rate, and review us on iTunes. There hasn't been anything in a while. Uh, I'll read it on the air, good or bad. Um, I don't have any really last plugs. I think we plug it. I think when it's, the guy was over at Puckpedia. We're going to have them on uh, probably, uh, maybe not next week, but maybe the week after. I don't know. But they're going to cool. be on soon. So I want to shout out to the guys from Puckpedia. Uh, and then, like I said, again, puckhockey.com. Head over there. Uh, use the rink is the code get any of the new swag but you can get rink gear too that would be really nice we really appreciate that uh john any plugs uh i got nothing mario uh yeah i um blackhawks uh let's get this going tomorrow um if they're if they're one and oh on friday morning i'd be very happy uh, um, we will have our first uh, rink.com preview game preview will be up tomorrow morning. Um, I don't expect much as far as the usual robust statistics, et cetera, since we have no statistics to use, but uh, look for the start looking for that before every game. We are adding more stats this year to our previews than what we had last year. When I think it's safe to say we have the most robust previews out there in terms of stats and analysis, breaking down each game. So, um, we'll have that. That's going to be up tomorrow. Uh, a little bit of analysis of the game, what to expect. The lineups will be in there. Um, but uh, yeah, look for that. And Brandon, are we getting into, uh, we getting into Fenwick this year? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't want to tip the cap there, Mario. Uh, probably, <laughs> probably safe to say no Fenwick this year. Oh man. Hey, I've been I've been spitting out a lot of high danger scoring chances, so. I've been I've been yeah. watching that closely thanks to the natural stat trick. So shout out to those guys too then. <laughs> yeah. Uh so I guess uh well, 
that just about does it. Thanks for taking yeah. your time. What's that? No, I was. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 The hawks. Yeah. Anyway. Thanks for taking the time out of your busy schedule to download us and support us. Until next episode, see you on the Uh, so I guess, uh, well, that just about does it. Thanks for taking yeah. your time. What's that? No, oh, I was, uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 The hawks. Yeah. Anyway, thanks for taking the time out of your busy schedule to download us and support us. Until next episode, see you on the